All right, Mots, we are back. Episode number 70 of the Rank Shrinks. We got a mailbag episode. What do you say, buddy? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, we, uh, we're back. Mailbag. What, uh, what was going on this past weekend? I know you were down the NHL network. Uh, your pretty face was on TV. How'd it go down there? And we're on to the second round of the NHL playoffs, which is pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, there are a lot of good games getting down there. I worked um, along marathon shift Saturday night, right? Yeah, yeah. Had to stay up late for the uh, recap of you know the late game, but that's it's fine. You, you usually have home. a problem. You usually have trouble staying up late. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, the, I was with uh, my former captain, and uh, then he turned into an assistant coach. The second year, Doug Waite. It's great to catch up with him. You know, he said he'd come on the podcast, so. We're gonna nice. nail him down. Yeah, he's uh, he's a really good dude. And then I was with Brian Lawton, who's a great guy, former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So very uh, good people to work with, and watching hockey and breaking. Former stuff number down. one overall pick too. That's right, Mount St. Charles. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, it was it was a fun uh, couple of days down there, and um, some great hockey, like you said, and you know, a couple overtimes and it was, uh, it was fun to do. So I'll keep my bullpen jacket on, see if they need me. So it's, uh, you know, I said, I'm always ready. That's what you do. Did you end up uh, hooking up with our Irish caddies or what? No. So I actually text Jack and the uh, Jacks. Yeah. And, and then he, he texts me back. He ghosted you. He's like, dude, I can't handle another day with you. Yeah. He, well, he said his SIM card, it was like, it ran out or something like that. I was like, oh, that's a good one. He didn't have enough minutes on the phone. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I get it. Oh, but, my uh, phone card's out. Yeah, I did reach out to him Friday because Friday was a shorter uh, you know, shift, and I got out a little early. So, But Doug and I ended up watching the late game, so it worked out. But um, I was going to see if I could catch up with those guys. They're awesome. Yeah, tough to see the uh... – you know, for us here in Boston to see the Bruins, um, Bruins lose that one, but I guess the better team prevailed, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens after that. What are your thoughts on uh, on Bergeron? You know, what I, I mean, my kind of initial gut would be, you know, he's going to have to wait and see how his body feels because he's such a competitor, elite athlete, wants to perform at the highest level he can. Um, you know, see how he kind of recovers over the next couple of weeks, yeah, three weeks, yeah, and. I think, he, you know, he would do something like a, a chara where, would, you know, year by year, I mean, both, you know, the organization and him would benefit just, you know, just playing it out, seeing how it goes. Um, but you never know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Could you but, see him going somewhere else? I don't think so, no. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, it was funny because I didn't even really think of it and then, I was at street hockey or something over the weekend and somebody's like, Oh, did you see, you know, Bergeron hugging everybody going off the ice? And I was like, I really did. Like I didn't, I wasn't paying attention to it. And then the more and more you think about it, it's like, Oh wow. Like I never even factored in that that could be it. And, you know, I hope it's not like you said, uh, still an un- unbelievable player, one of the finalists and, you know, probably going to win the Selkie again. Right. And, you know, but like you said, he's such a competitive guy and knows his body so well. You could see him just being like, you know what? I don't want to put forth the effort to, to you know, go through, put my body through what, what it takes to play an 82-game schedule and playoffs. And he's been at it for how many years now? I mean, God. Uh, like 18, 19 years, I think. Yeah. So 
hell of a career either way. But you ho- hopefully, like you said, he can uh, you know sign kind of one year deals and and go from there. Yeah, that'd be great. And he is uh, one of the best people off the ice too. So, you know, family situation could be he just wants to be around for his kids, and you never know what's got you know plays into the decision. But um, selfishly, as a you know a Bruins fan, um, and we would love to have him back. And for these kids out there that should be watching him, right? Like, right. Watch so him. Got- we always talk about you know watching your favorite player, watching somebody like that's a guy that you want. We want in the league so that people can you know young players can watch and try to emulate their games after. But speaking of the NHL, did you see this rinky dink the Coyotes? Uh, they can't even put their logo in the middle of the ice when they're playing at Arizona State next year. Like, is this the NHL or what? I, that it, that's amazing. I, it's I, amazing. No, no words for that. I don't even know how that can. I mean, they they you know cut this deal and you know the plan to uh, play there, and that just it boggles my mind. I don't really have any words for it. It just. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, especially the way that they can do turnovers and things like that and, and change logos and paint, whether it's, you know, you have the NCAAs come to town. It's not like they're going to be playing on the same days. They're going to they, – like it would ha- definitely be a lot of work for the arena staff. But if you're the Coyotes, I mean, how do you play with a college logo in the middle of the ice? And I understand it's a marketable – you know, it's a market – it's a revenue stream for the colleges, but it also should be for the NHL too or for the for the Coyotes. So – it's crazy. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, you know, I, it, it's going to be interesting. You're right, because they're going to have to, you know, attract maybe some called free agents, some guys, some some junior guys who maybe didn't get drafted or whatnot. And it's, you know, it's appealing. You know, you're going to have an opportunity to play. You know, it's like 5,500 seats or whatever. But, you know, 5,500 packed, it would be I think I mean I would I would play yeah, that for an opportunity. It'd be an awesome college arena to play in. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I think it it would take you know certain guys to like kind of buy in on it and whatnot. But I think that they're going to have a little bit more say interest from from players, maybe kind of revitalizing their careers that you know are on like bigger term deals and whatnot. You know, there's a lot of creativity that um, uh, Armstrong is going to probably put into play to construct a a competitive roster no definitely uh speaking of tv deals and things like that so i i I, this caught my eye because it drew breeze he was in the news recently i think he you know whoever he was with but uh in on the tv broadcast he's like i might join the nbc broadcast i may train for the pickleball tour the senior golf tour so I was thinking, I'm like, maybe we'll call Drew Brees up and I'll, I'll play a little pickleball with him, see what it takes to get on that tour. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Drew Brees is quite an athlete, you know, so it'd be the goal. It'd be, t- it'd be tough for me. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I've heard great things from, you know, like some of your competitors on the pickleball court. So um, that's something to strive for. It's something to strive for, for sure. It's getting, you know, the the weather is finally breaking here, so I got to bust out the pickleball rackets and uh, see where my game's at. Yeah, that's, I mean, I drive by this one court uh, here in Duxbury, and it's just jammed. There's, uh, you know, quite a few older. I was going to say a bunch of senior citizens. Yeah, so I was like, maybe you could cut your teeth there <laughs> on the competitive side of things. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just let me know, and I'll I'll kind of set it up. Yeah, we can do a Mozza's moment down there. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Shift Group, is your company looking to hire driven, uh, competitive former athletes? Are you a former college 
or a pro athlete in any sport and tr trying to figure out what's next. Consider a meaningful career in technology sales and let the shift group guide you every step of the way. Uh, the shift group is turning athletes into sales professionals. Reach out to them directly uh, on their website, shiftgroup.io, or email them, jr at shiftgroup.io. Yeah, it's a great setup there. You know, you, we talk about it um, each time, but you're you're gaining skills without even knowing it by playing hockey or, you know, any sport. And if you can apply those to the professional ranks, uh, you'll be much better off for it. So give them, give them a look, reach out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know we're, we're a little bit on the NHL topics here, but uh, fun to see the the battle of FLA uh, last night. And tonight will be the uh, the first game of the battle of Alberta while we record this. But I love the uh, every council member in the losing series is expected to wear the winning team's jerseys at their first meeting after the series. And the losing mayor uh, up there will uh, will have to be in full face paint. Did you see that? Yeah. That's pretty cool. I mean, you just get some pride for your team, but uh, they're both of them are going to be very good series, in my opinion. Um, you know, Florida hasn't scored a, a PP goal, I believe. So it's like it's, it's amazing. Something's got to you know kind of break there, and they still won the series. But I am, um, you know, Tampa's finding their stride. They're you know say battle tested and know what it takes to win they have a winning pedigree they have you know some players that have, have done it you know last two years and they have some quality quality players you know the um Braden point got hurt so that could be a big big loss moving forward but um battle of alberta though that's gonna, gonna be, be jumping yeah, yeah. both yeah. both buildings and i was able to play i was in calgary for a short stint and it was just a regular season game but you know that, that was ramped up as well like it just gets loud and the fans are so into it, and um, you know the they got Brady Kachuk leading the fan, the the, the ultimate yeah. fanboy for his brother. <laughs> Did you see that? It's unbelievable. Uh, family's first, though. No, yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love that he's just, you know, not a care in the world. Like just just going out and supporting his brother. I mean, that's what it's all about. I love it. Yeah, that was a cool uh, little clip of him, uh, you know, in the stands with someone on his shoulders. I don't know. Maybe it was a. A family member or just another a young fan, but that's uh pretty cool stuff. No, it really shows. is. Did you see? Uh, I wanted, and, and obviously in our defensive camps, we work on this type of stuff. But that move by Kucherov last night, and Aaron Ekblad, like no disrespect to him, he's an you know unbelievable Norris Trophy caliber defenseman. But the way that that Cooch got him leaning and and you know leaning towards the middle of the ice, and then just kind of cut back on him and. You know, he was a little bit overextended with the stick. And next thing you know, I mean, I think he gave it to uh, Corey Perry. It was just a, a unbelievable, beautiful goal. It was, it was, you know, nice to see Kucherov kind of get back on track and, and those guys were firing. But from the defensive perspective, it was like, oh, I found myself in that position many a times. Yeah, I mean, two, you know, high-end elite players being able to make a play. But like you said, Ekblad is – is a elite player himself. So when you see stuff like that happens, you know, you know, happen, you, you know, how good of a player it was, you know, All right. He just had that in the toe of his stick and empty cage. Great pass. But, um, but coach, yeah. you know, his, his eyes, like he's got him leaning towards the middle of the ice. Like he mm -hmm. thinks he's kind of cutting to, you know, the, the right side, right. He's a lefty coming down the, the, the left wing and he's kind of, you know, a little deceptive move, like his eyes that, you know, everybody, kind of thinks that he's going 
to, you know, to his offside. And he just, unfortunately, Eki did too. And he just cuts back and, you know, just gives a, a beautiful tap into Corey Perry. Yeah, it's pretty to watch. It's so fun being a, a fan right now uh, with all these good teams moving on. And, you know, unfortunately, end of the season for some. But, I, um, you know, just each night you got two games, you know. It's it's great. Yeah, it really is. It really is. The uh, the Motz's moment, I, I brought it up, but it was a good one with uh, with Dougie Waite and you at the lawn mall. But when's the next one? What, what do we got? Yeah, I mean, I got a little static, you know, saying that you created a monster. You know, I, I could be doing it all the time, right? Yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, you know, just uh, going to pick and choose kind of like cool little moments that uh, I'd like to share. And I actually played at um, my high school, you know, golf outing. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a big Ring Shrinks fan, uh, Scott Mutrin. He's uh He's from Ohio, played football, um, quarterback at BC. Great dude. He has some good young hockey players coming up. And mm-hmm. um, he's like, I love the Mott's moment. We, we, we get, you got to keep it rolling. You know, Keep it rolling. Let's go. <laughs> so shout out to uh, Mute. He's the man. And um, in Mott's moment, let's get it. Let's let's yeah. keep it going here. You're, you're going to be like trending on Twitter soon enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mute's a... Um, an avid his, follower his... of the ring shrink so um we'll definitely uh I'll, I'll take his advice and keep it rolling yeah well that was uh monday so it's been a couple days mots <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know what i'm doing like what do i do it every day <laughs> couple a week to... let's go yeah, you started right, out with fine. like three in one week so no, i think i had two in one day <laughs> <laughs> too much too soon for me yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> shout out to uh, to Scott Mutrin, and I know his uh, his son there, Teddy's a stud, and good luck to him. We appreciate him listening and being a fan of the Mozza's moment. So, again, like you said, keep his advice, and uh, and let's get this thing going from the golf course, wherever it takes, Mots. Nice. Wherever your moment is, but the outback, <laughs> mowing your lawn. Oh, the outback. It was the first time Dougie ever went to an outback. I was <laughs> You're like, hey, I got this high class yeah, going up the street. Yeah, the, hey, six steakhouse. You know, the, the tangy tomato dressing is unbelievable. You're gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's great. At least you didn't take him to the other one there. I can't even say it. Oh, Red Lobster. Red Lobby. I did tell him about that uh, that <laughs> night, and he just like just shakes his head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, shout out to. Uh, our boy Kevin Hayes being a uh, finalist for the Masterton Trophy along with uh, Zidane Chara and Carey Price. I think uh, Kevin and everything that he dealt with this past year with his with his brother and battling through injuries. And then when he came back and, you know, finally was back to health, uh, really played well. But we know it wasn't an easy season for him. And I think he, uh, you know, my vote, if I if I were to have one, would be for him. That's for sure. So good luck to him. And, you know, it's, it's something to be said for uh, – you know, being nominated, being able to battle through that adversity, right? Yeah, it's it's been a tough uh, year for Kevin and the Hayes family in particular. But you know, just to keep plugging away, you know, set back after his his procedure and uh, infection, and just to come back and he did play at a high level down the stretch there for Philadelphia. And um, you know, and I, I mean, no disrespect to Chara or, or Carey Price, but I believe Kevin um, definitely deserves to win that award and um you know we wish him the best yeah well i got a mailbag question for you before we get into the official one but 
Uh, did you see Tom Brady calling out LeBron for uh, a five-round ice hockey shootout to see who would win? Yeah, I mean. Who's your money on? LeBron's such an athlete, you know, like, but like, I don't think he's been on ice and, and Tom, same, uh, but I think he could figure it out, you know, with a little, it would be a slop fest. It would be a slop fest, but I just, I feel two big guys just, you know, like probably don't even know how to hold the stick. (laughs) Yeah. But Brady's, I think his kids played a little bit of hockey. Yeah. yeah, So he might. He's a hockey dad. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Brady. I mean, that's just. I mean, it's not a hometown, you know, type thing, but I just feel like he would figure out. I'm sure he's been shooting the ball around with his kids, with his son, and I just uh, I would lean towards uh, TB12. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, that would be great to see, though. It would be. It would be absolutely <laughs> hysterical. It would they'd, they'd both get on the ice. I'd, I wonder who the goalie would be. So we had – so two of my brother-in-laws grew up in Southie and um, – you know, played like whatever, like basically did like public skating. But they, you know, one night over one of the holidays after a few cocktails, were like having this argument on who was going to be better, um, you know, who would be better at, at, at hockey. So we I got the ice. It was supposed to be it was during one of the lockouts because we were supposed to play like an outdoor game at, at Keith's house. Uh, but he the the it wasn't cold enough for, for the rink to freeze. So. We got the ice. Keith played net, and these two just battled it out for like forty-five minutes. It was absolutely hilarious. Just one-on-one hockey game. I don't think there was a goal scored. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Any teeth uh, missing after that one? No, yeah, I think they did go like cages and oh, stuff. And yeah, yeah, they there mm-hmm. could have been some serious things. No, I don't think they wore cages, but no, no, no teeth missing. But it was it was comical, and then like. You know, I, it, it was ended up like zero to zero, and both of them afterwards, like, dude, I was definitely better, right? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 you were better. Yeah, you're better. And then yeah. the other guy, he's just like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Were same conversation. No, I, you had him. Like, yeah. if Keith wasn't in that, you know what I mean? He's like Blaine Locker in there. <laughs> Blaine Locker. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, kind of going back to his his goalie days. He's been there before. Exactly. Exactly. It was it was pretty funny, but yeah, that would be uh, interesting. I think I'd have to go with TB12 being a little bit of a hockey dad too. So, but uh, I think it's time we tee up the mailbag. Before we do so, let's talk about TSR hockey. TSR, uh, the TSR team and corporate sales department can outfit your team with the top brands in sports apparel. Ensure that your team looks the best next season by visiting www.tsrhockey.com. You can also reach their team store, 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave, and they'll take care of you. So, LeBron, TB12, if you're listening, hit TSR up. Give yeah. those guys a call, 603-912-5970. Mike or Dave, they'll, yeah, they'll set you up with some extra large skates and sticks. And Yeah, those are going to be custom for sure. Yeah, they're going to go custom for sure. That's great. Yeah, that, yeah, check those guys out. They do a great job up there, tsrhockey.com. All right, Mots, let's dip into the mailbag. Uh, you want to take the first one? I've been talking a lot here. Sure. Um, my son is a second-year U8 mite and has been playing hockey since he was four. He loves playing hockey, never complains when he has to wake up early to go to the rink. The issue we are having is he seems to have no competitive drive during games. He tends to skate around straight-legged like it's a Sunday afternoon skate with his girlfriend. <laughs> he may or may not. <laughs> do anything with the puck when it comes near him 
He does okay in practice, and his skills seem to be improving over time, but he just seems to have no real sense of urgency when doing drills or in a game. I realize he is only eight, and the fact that he loves the game and going to the rink is a big part of it at his age, but it also, but, but it gets hard to watch when other kids are hustling and he's just out there taking up space. Is it too early to worry? Is there a chance he will figure it out? I try to help, but it's a fine line to walk sometimes as a parent slash coach. I don't ever want to be the guy who takes the fun out of it for him. Any insight is appreciated. That's from Joe. I wonder if he really has a girlfriend at eight years old. Maybe that's the problem. <laughs> a little distraction. Yeah, a little distraction. <laughs> or maybe she needs to start showing up. Oh, that hey, that's the motivator. There you go, Joe. Be like, hey, you know, bring the girl. You know? <laughs> bring the lady friend. Yeah, and then he's stepping and just <laughs> <laughs> he's going for a hair skate. Exactly. Exactly. Uh well, thanks for the question, Joe. I mean, honestly. I don't think it's too early to to worry. Like you said, he's still eight. He's still a second year might. Um, my biggest thing would be like, is he playing at the right level? You know what I mean? Is he, you know, sometimes kids do get a little overwhelmed, especially at that age group. And, and maybe they're just not as confident and the kids may be a little bit bigger and faster and stronger. And it's just challenging for him. So, you know, maybe consider like moving them down to a, a, you know, if he's on the A team, move them to the B team or whatever, you know, however they do those teams these days. And that's how he'll develop some more confidence. He'll probably be one of the better players on the ice. Obviously, like you said, he loves the game. He loves going to the rink. He doesn't complain about getting up early and, and things like that. But sometimes it's just a big, you know, confidence thing from, from my experience. Yeah. I think that's, that's good advice. Um, yeah. I mean, not to worry, but there is certain things that, you know, that internal drive, you know, and if he's getting better in practice and his skills, you know, seem to be improving, you know, then it just might take a little bit more time for the light bulb to go off. But doing what you said is like age, I mean, a talent appropriate or skill appropriate at his age group um, could kind of spark that little fire inside of him. And when he's touching the puck a little bit more and making plays and having some success, it could, um, it could easily just kind of lead into just a little bit more drive. So, yeah. And, and the only thing I'd have, uh, add Mots is the, you know, maybe like a, a private session or a, you know, like a little camp or something like that, just to get that confidence going and handling the puck and, and, and things like that just might, it might help him out. I'm not saying like, you know, again, I don't know where he lives. I don't know how convenient it is, but I've definitely seen like, you know, kids working with a skill coach once a, you know, like a couple sessions, uh, and just developing that confidence, that one-on-one, being able to handle the puck and things like that, really, it can, it, it can really, you can, it, it does pay dividends. So I would look into that rule. Like there might be a coach at the local rink that, you know, specializes and does some sessions and things like that. And, um, you know, try something like that out too is another option. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not trying to say like, you got to go spend crazy amounts of money or you should be doing it, you know, four or five days a week, but just a couple sessions with a guy like it's sometimes you'd be, you know, it's like fixing, I mean, Mott's it's like you on the golf course when you get that lesson from Dave Reasoner the other day, you know? <laughs> yeah, that worked. Yeah. Yeah. That worked great. Uh, all right. Yeah, I, I, got think, a, uh, I got a bill too. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. I got another one here. Uh, shrinks long time listener, first time emailer. So our 2008 was playing in a tournament this past weekend in Chicago. 
that was being played with delayed offsides and also with icing being legal on the penalty kill. This resulted in something truly amazing happening. All the games were on time. Exclamation points galore right there. Uh, It was an absolute joy to watch actual hockey being played without a whistle every other minute. I didn't know that tournaments could implement their own rules like this, which begs the question, why don't all tournaments go back to using the delayed offsides? As long as I have your attention. uh, So that's the question. And then part two is as long as I have your attention. If you ever do a segment on rule changes, I have a proposal. Teams that should start the PK with the players that are on the ice at the time of the infraction. For example, if a defenseman takes a penalty, uh, that team would start the PK with three forwards and one D that were out there when the penalty occurred. Your thoughts. Love the show. Have a great summer. DC in Chicago. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, we've talked about those um, you know, rule changes and the negative effects of it and maybe why they tried to implement them. But the games definitely get delayed because of it and I just, I just don't see much benefit to be honest with you. Like we kind of beat it up a little bit, but you know, the tournaments still, I mean, it's interesting. I I didn't realize that as, you know, as well, you know, it's still under USA hockey, I'm guessing. So yeah, my, my only thing with that is like during the winter, I, I I think USA hockey, um, you know, kind of strictly enforces their tournaments and they you know, most of them are USA hockey sanctioned for insurance purposes and all that stuff. Maybe some of these summer tournaments carry a supplemental insurance where they, right. where they can kind of play uh, outside of the rules a little bit. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, but that I think if you, you know, during the winter months, if you tried to do tournaments going back to the old rules, uh, it would be kiboshed pretty quickly. Yeah, so I mean the the tournament, you know, format. I mean, it's or or that, maybe it wouldn't be like an official USA Hockey sanctioned game or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah, that makes sense. But it's great because eventually they don't play, you know, the automatic offside and the icing. You know, so it's I, I enjoy it. I, I disagree with those rules that that were put in. Um, but getting on to the, I will say this: I don't hate the 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 offside rule the automatic whistle like it does get you know sometimes it it stops the play but if i will say it has helped my defensemen in terms of regrouping with the puck and making plays and things like that the whole pk thing not being able to ice it i think is stupid yeah i think that's that's good that's good i mean you guys you your team has uh some good players on the back end and they can gain that separation backpedaling with the puck getting open for one another. It does promote some good stuff, but I still disagree with it. Like at certain ages when the kids aren't able to do that. Right. Right. Um, Where it's just an automatic whistle. Like he said, every two seconds. I mean, even if it was just like a, like a hybrid meaning if it's within five feet, it's a tag up, you know, if it's top of the circles or whatever, it's, you know, like how they'd call the intentional offside. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, some some along those lines, but then it would discretion of the ref comes into play, and we don't even want to get into that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, no. But Back the, to the part two of the question. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think it's a pretty unique kind of, like, approach to it because um, you, you would be penalized if it was a D-man, um, you know, having a forward back there. And then they would have to get it out and make their changes. Um, 
they could be tired after a long shift there's some some you know i think that has some legs yeah um yeah i don't hate it no it's actually a pretty uh interesting take dc uh maybe, maybe we can sign you know get a petition going exactly no i like it i mean it's it definitely um yeah it's another wrinkle it's something hey you never know like well the, everyone wants to promote offense right right um and that, that could be a way of doing it exactly exactly i like it uh well Mots, we had the uh the the little twitter poll that went on and tons of comments uh the best uh hockey name for a new puppy 67 comments some of the uh some of the the highlights so far so if you're getting a new puppy what would be a good hockey name for it uh we had bach andre Fleury. <laughs> that's great <laughs> pk puck jofa tendy uh biz pos paw bisnet <laughs> biz paw bisnet uh, yeah classics hattrick hattie stanley pop selly bawa charlie McAvoy. i love the full name uh, Ranger, Bruin, uh, team names, etc. So, what, what do you think of any of those? If I love you would the get Bach, new... Bach Andre Flurry. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. But Stanley like Pop is kind of cute, you know. But I don't. I, I like if I if I got one like and named a Charlie McAvoy, I'd just be screaming Chuck all day long. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I really enjoy when someone has a a dog and they name him just like a human name. Yeah. Yeah. Pete, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave. What are you doing? Dave. Yeah. Like, uh, what's the family guy? Brian, right? Yeah. Well, you yeah. have Sophie. I got Sophie. But I've had three dogs in my life. I've never named one of them. They've always come named. Oh, really? Yeah. We've never changed it. It's just always like we got Sophie when she was like, whatever, like a month old. And it was Sophie. And we're like, all right, I, I guess that's it. it. What about Sonk? Sonk was another one. No, yeah. that's just Sonk, get over here. Yeah. Time to go with Sonk. People would think you're like nuts just running around like Sonk. Yeah. Sonk. <laughs> like, what is this idiot yelling? <laughs> yeah. No, I I, I I do like the human names. That's pretty funny. A good uh Mike Tom. Yeah. Bob. Right. They think you're talking like the kid. Yeah, I, I... I always, uh, so yeah, I always wanted to, we got, we got Bailey. It's just kind of a, kind of a nice, cute name, but, um, you know, it's, it, it it's different for that. Like the guy, like simple names are, I think kind of funny. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my, yeah, I agree on. with you. I agree with you. Well, uh, after, after, uh, naming your dog, think about, well, and you can save some dough with cross country mortgage. We know that and maybe buy a, pu- a puppy. You could buy yourself a little Jofa. Jofa. <laughs> come here, Jofa. <laughs> yeah, Jofa. Um, but think about refinancing with cross country mortgage. If you own a home and you haven't looked into refinancing in a while, have a quick chat with our friend, Chris Devin and see if it makes sense for you. Devo may be able to help you uh, save on a monthly base basis so that you can purchase some extra dog food um, or put it into some other projects. Uh, check him out at chrisdevin.com. Yeah, Devo is a good man. He'll take Devo would be a good dog name. Devo, yeah. Devo! Hey, Devo! That is a good one. Yeah, that is a good one. There you go. There's my vote. <laughs> 
after our boy Chris. Well, CCM Cross Country Mortgage. Yeah. CCM. Yeah. Here's CCM. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> oh God. All right. We this one there. My kid got uh benched during parody. Six minutes of the second half. Owner called me today saying he's on the bubble and doesn't think he's a full time player. Supposedly the other coaches agree and think he's the weakest link on the team. I get the feeling they are pushing me out. It's May. I already paid a deposit and ordered equipment. Kid was crying after the game and upset for obvious reasons. Halfway home, he asked if the coach didn't think he was good enough. Why would he bench me? My initial reaction was to pull him as how can I possibly have my kid play for an organization that would do that. Also, my daughter plays for the U14 team. Um, he's an 011. 011. Yeah, right. 2011. I know. 011. 011. Uh, 10 years old, new team, so no real experience. He played 011 minutes the other night. <laughs> Besides them thinking uh, he shouldn't be on the team. He was playing out of position on defense, usually plays forward. He played terribly on defense, and that's from Mark. Ooh. That's a no. tough one because, yeah. It's a tough one, but, I mean, these – Again, they're ten years old, turning eleven because they're O elevens, uh, <laughs> and uh, the fact that they're playing this parody—I think I brought this up a couple episodes ago—that yeah. playing parody in May is absolutely stupid in my book. Uh, and I mean, my initial thoughts on this are like, if the the coaches and the ownership is is you know saying that in May your kid's not ready to be there, he's not a full time player, he's benching your kid. Uh, just to win at all costs so they can get up into the, you know, upper triple platinum division or whatever the heck it is. Um, the coaches are idiots and you should probably think about going elsewhere uh, and, and take your daughter with them. So I don't know. That's kind of my initial thing. But then part of it too is, you know, you, you already paid, you already, you know, you're, you're part of the organization. Yeah, you're committed to the, you're committed the to the season. group. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you, you, you like you. I think it's a gutless move. It's a gutless move. It's a completely well, I mean, gutless move. The tryouts, from the owner and the coaches. Yeah, the tryouts were months ago, and then this parody is, you know, like you you did take a deep dive into that and how kind of interesting it it is. But I uh, I just disagree with their approach, and hopefully that's not the case where you know. They're trying to push you out, but it sounds like it. Yeah, they're definitely trying it. But, you know, my, again, like I said, my initial reaction is like, why would you even want these guys, you know, these guys to coach your kid or, or to be part of this organization if that's how they're going to treat you? Um, but that being said, it's like those deposits and everything you're talking about, thousands of dollars, it's expensive. Um, you know, so stick it out and, and, you know, try to work on things and, and, you know, talk to the coaches. Uh, are you going to be back on defense all season? Because that's going to be, you know, you're going to have to shift your mindset and maybe start doing some six line camps this summer. You know what I mean? And, and, and focus more on the defensive side of things where he's playing out of position. Like why wouldn't they, why didn't they move somebody else back there? It's just, it's frustrating. This is, this is kind of brutal. Yeah. I think it's a bad situation. And, I think having like a, a candid conversation with the coaches and uh, the owners involved, I guess. So, I mean, then you have to make the best decision for uh, your son and 
you know, if your daughter is willing to make a move or, you know, whatever's best for each. And, you know, it's, you kind of, they're putting you in a tough spot. Is, no. Is so he stays on the team though. What do you tell his, what, what's he say to his kid? I mean, his kid was clearly upset. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just you work hard. Hey, yeah. It, it's tough because you want to be like, Hey, stay positive, work hard. And you know, you're going to get your opportunities, but to be benched in a parody game, you know, to move up in that, you know, to have a, a seating for the following season that you're supposed to be on, on that team. Um, that's just kind of writing on the wall for how they view you as a player, even at 10 years old. Right. Um, kind of stinks. No, it definitely does. Definitely stinks. So uh, this, uh, this, whatever happened with BY taking his team to Quebec, Pee Wee Turney. And that's from Tyler. Um, well, long story short, there was, you know, obviously COVID impacted things. The tournament's supposed to be in February. Um, we, you know, we were really excited to try to go. Kids are getting vaccinated, all that type of stuff. And then, you know, when when COVID was kind of running rampant, they shut it down. They pushed it back to um, May. And we basically, you know, we did a vote. We tried to get, um, you know, we wanted to do something. So we ended up going down with the Exposure Cup guys and, you know, Matt Miles and, and Steve Valesky and those group and did a great tournament down in Tampa, uh, which was basically like our Quebec. We still tried to rally the troops and see if we could get enough guys to go up there and, um, you know, and play in the tournament in May, but it just, it, it, it unfortunately wasn't in the cards. There's some, you know, kids moved on from, from our team. We made some, some, you know, movement and things like that. And we, we could really only drum together like eight or nine guys and, you know, kids are all in private schools and playing other sports and, and things like that. So it really just didn't work out. And, uh, so that was kind of it. Um, unfortunately, I, I, you know, hated for us not to be able to go. Nobody loves the Pee Wee Quebec tournament as much as I do, especially being a former champion. But uh, we just, you know, we, we, we kind of, you know, we chose to go down to Tampa and, uh, you know, we had a blast down there. It was a great tournament, great, you know, great teams, great competition. Was it Quebec? No, but, you know, who hates to go to Florida in, in February? It's, you know, March, you came. Yeah, no, I, I was going to say, I love the humble brag, number one. Uh, and then, yeah, going to Tampa in February is, isn't a terrible idea. Um, and the quality of teams were, they did a great job at getting a lot of really high-end teams. And, you know, the my hockey ranking guys do a great and job. And we got to meet Hulk Hogan. Oh, that was unbelievable. It was so yeah. fun. That but, was awesome. Um, yeah, the my hockey rankings was like spot on with some of those teams. They were very competitive games and I was just a fan and I enjoyed watching some well played hockey, well coached hockey too. Yeah. No, it was good. So unfortunately it just wasn't in the cards for the team, but we did a you know a nice, you know, what was it, about ten day Tampa trip and um and had a blast down there. So sorry I couldn't uh couldn't get to the queue, but it is what it is, unfortunately, with this COVID stuff and whatever. I'm not gonna go there, you know. Right. Uh, missed the opportunity, but that's all right. That's it. That's it. Uh, all right. The next one here. Oh, so this is another uh, post. So a guy named Jay Pel- 
Pelletier posted in a hockey dad group this week when we uh, and we reposted it on social media. Got a lot of comments so far with different opinions. Um, so I'd like to hear your mods, yours, mods. He said, "My son is going to a hockey academy next year. It costs about what it what a nice car costs. Am I doing it because I think he's the next McDavid? No." Uh, it's so when he's 40 and looking back at his life, he will have those memories and life experiences to look back on. What's your comments on that? Um, well, not really a question, but I guess it's, you know, it, it, it definitely people, uh, it drummed up a lot of questions and, and comments on, on the internet. Well, I just think, you know, we were kind of chatting about it, but the hockey academies are, are good, right? If, you have that brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to put it. You know, the social aspect of, you know, going to school, uh, wh- whether it be, you know, all boys or co-ed, um, that's a real kind of developmental. Experiments, experience, high school experience. Yeah, because, you know, there's different social things that you have to deal with. And, you know, academies really focus on hockey which is awesome um you know f- to you know for your play and being having access to ice and tons of practice time video workouts you know i i don't look at i look at this as you know when he's 40 i mean in and looks back he's like i missed out on high school right you know mm-hmm. M- maybe um yeah, I think that's the and, and we can keep going back and forth, yeah. uh, Mots. But I think, like you said, that that overall, like I'd be interested. He didn't say where this took place, whether it was up in Canada or in the states, like around here uh, in Massachusetts. There's a lot of hockey academies that are kind of coming onto the scene. Some of them are like those brick and mortar academies. Um, there's you know a few of them that I can think of off the top of my head that you know that that the hockey's excellent. They're doing really really good, but they also have that school atmosphere, that high school. They're getting that high school experience similar to what you would at a prep school uh, or a Catholic school or something like that. Uh, where there's other schools that their cat you know the the so-called academies are basically just hockey training, and they're going to a classroom. They're not going to a classroom setting. They're doing all their schooling online. Those are ones that I would kind of be weary of because, again, like so much of hockey is like going to a dance on Friday nights, making friends with kids that are on the basketball team, on the soccer team, on, you know, these other things. Like I think it's really cool, and I've talked to guys at these academies that on Friday nights after practice they go to – uh, you know, the basketball game, they watch the games like that, that type of experience is like what high school is all about. You got a girlfriend, you're not just locked in a hockey rink all day doing online schooling. Like I think, um, you know, those experiences when you look back on 40, you're going to shape you for the rest of your life. So, you know, I, I think there's, I'd be interested to know where this actual Academy is and what it's like, like, is it like you said, a brick and mortar type of Academy, where they're getting that full hockey experience with, you know, there's nothing cooler than when, you know, I played at Catholic Memorial, then I played at Cushing, like having friends and other classmates coming to your games and cheering for you in the, in the crowd and in the stands and, you know, on top of the scouts and, and, and things like that, that they are watching you, you were the same way at there, right? Like it's so cool to have 
you know, whatever your girlfriend there, you know, having Courtney show up with your road jersey on while you, you know, you got a home game. You know what I mean? But legit, it, like that stuff's pretty. It it really is cool. And then you, you know, repaying the favor and saying, hey, all the hockey guys are going to the girls' volleyball game uh, on on Wednesday night or whatever it is. Like that type of stuff to me is is you know, really really cool stuff. Yeah, Court was there with her very fine bottle, just. Uh, <laughs> cheering her a little hard out but um pom-poms face painted yeah and actually look looked back, like one of those uh the 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 mayors up in uh alberta <laughs> but like i was always the last one on the locker room and she would just be there you know waiting and you know yeah it's, it's just uh those experiences that i'll always remember and i'm 44 mm-hmm. um, memories bring back memories bring back memories but also um you know you, you think about this as far as you know someone brought it up um about you know the academics people make sacrifices and want to go to the best schools right mm-hmm. you know and um it's you know why is this a little different and why why are people giving you know blowback on this and my thought is you know academics you know getting a good education you know again surrounding yourself with friends and you know we we call it a network now but that's the other part that i wanted to you know kind of add on to what you're saying you know the social development but then also your friends who go off to do different things and you know you can help each other later in life or whatever it is but you know we you know you call it a network now but it was friends in high school and college right um and you need like that you know having friends that play other sports and having that out and like that get away from the rink, like hockey's demanding, like, you know, and again, the, the Academy model, like kids are really improving and, and they're getting better, but it's, it's good to get away from the rink a little bit. It's good to like go to another sporting event or in the spring play on the baseball team or play on the lacrosse team um, or play on the tennis team. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you heard the stories with Chris Bork about, you know, the, the fun and the nonsense that, that those guys had up at Cushing playing JV tennis. Like those are some of the better, like, like they have just as good of memories as that, as, as they did on the tennis court, as they do playing hockey up there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, it just kind of shapes your, you know, kind of rounds you out different experiences. Um, you know, and again, there's pros and cons to the Academy and, you know, we're just kind of kicking it around here. There's really no correct answer, um, but you know, those are our thoughts. Yeah, no, I think it's 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 good stuff. And again, I don't, you know, if you have the means and you can, you know, a, a sport, you know, afford to spend the money on an academy, like go do it. But just make sure it's the right fit. You know, in my my mind, it's like make sure you're actually gonna be getting a high school experience along with it, not just like go to school upstairs in a classroom, you know, online, and then go practice on the ice, weight lift. Like you're kind of like stuck hockey in robot. just that, a hockey robot. Like that's the, that's where that burnout factory and things like that uh, really comes into play in my mind. All right. Um, we got, uh, oh, my hockey rankings question of the week. Here we go. As a coach, what are your thoughts on the 5,000 shot challenges for your team? Um, you know, it's funny. I mean, I think any, anytime you can get your kids, you know, kind of all buying in and doing something and, and challenging them or, you know, whether it's a a thousand shots, 5,000 shots, whatever the number is, um, 
you know, and you get a little report card and it gets everybody going, you know, it's a barometer for your team the next year. Oh, you weren't, you know, did you do your 5,000 shots this summer? You know, I think that's something that there's, you know, to be said for it. I would also like, I had this conversation with Mikey Ryan a while back and, you know, at the younger age groups, is it taking 5,000 shots or is it like going out and taking 25, like really good shots? You know what I mean? Cause I know I tell my kids, Hey, go in the backyard and shoot pucks. Like, you know, if I watched them out of a hundred pucks, they might shoot 10 good ones. You know what I mean? It's like, get it, flick it, you know, shoot. Oh dad. Yeah. I shot a hundred pucks today. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, I would almost say, you know, focus on taking like 25 really good shots a day. Take, you know. So quality over quantity. Right. Quality over quantity. So focus on taking, you know, 10 really good wrist shots. Take, you know, 10 really good backhanders and, you know, five snapshots or, 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 you know, curl and drag. You see the, you know, the Austin Matthews, like, you know, pull it in towards his body and, and change the angle shot. Like focus on like doing those, you know, focus on 25 really good reps as opposed to, Hey, just go out back and just shoot 5,000 pucks this summer, you know? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, you know, you kind of touched on both. It is a little bit of a, you know, say commitment, um, it gets you out there shooting, but maybe you do make sure that maybe you bring the number down and make sure the quality is good, right? You can still implement the the challenge and the kind of the check-in report card or however you want to do it to uh, make sure they're accountable, but making sure the quality is good. I, I think that's a very good point. Yeah, I mean, it was it, honestly. I got to give credit to to you know, uh, buddy Mikey Ryan because we were talking about it, and you know, he was the one that brought it up. It's like I'd fo- you know, focus on the quality of it, focus on you know, like actually doing it the right way. Your weight transfer, like age specific stuff. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And, and again, mixing in like backhanders, and maybe one day it's just like in tight, flicking it up under the bar, right? Like, but it's you know. Yeah. You know, you do 25 of those one day, like that's gonna, it's a transferable skill that's gonna, you know, end up when you're, when you're on the ice, it could be utilized in a game. So, uh, you know, focus on one timers or someday, uh, uh, you know, if you got that type of setup in your yard, you got a sport court or a, you know, a, a flat driveway and you can have somebody pass you the puck or, you know, even you could sit there and, and, and work on just saucer passing the puck into the net. You know what I mean? Cause that's going to end up, um, you know, you do 25 saucer passes into one of those little, you know, Franklin uh, passer net things. And that's going to be like, you're going to get something out of it as opposed to just like sitting there off your back foot, just like floating pucks to the, yeah. Just like, oh yeah, I got my 5,000 shots in, but they really weren't that good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you practice with a purpose. With the purpose, exactly. Once again, thanks to the uh, my hockey rankings guys for the question of the week. I like that one. It's uh, it's definitely you know it, it's good to go out there and shoot pucks, that's for sure. But make sure you focus on that good quality. Good point. Uh, you know where you can uh, post your quality shots to impress your coach, though. Get your skitty on. Yeah. Uh, Skitscott is the new video-based social media platform that allows you to use augmented reality filters, picture-in-picture, layered audio, and more that is only found in costly movie production rooms. Skitscott does not share, trade, or sell the personal information of its users. So get out there, take, you know, whatever it is, 25 really good shots, 
post a couple vids, couple pics, and uh, it's going to look legit on Skiddy. That's great. That's good stuff. Yeah, the social media plays a role now, you know? Yeah, exactly. Send that out to all the scouts out there. You yeah. never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, this next one. Hey, fellas, my son is a 2014 and will be heading into his second might season. He's absolutely in love with the game. If he's not on the ice, he's watching hockey on the tube, studying his hockey player cards, playing knee hockey with his brothers, or out in the driveway rollerblading and imitating moves he sees on TV. Love that, actually. He loves practice, and when executing the drills, the coaches put put them through. He really works hard at trying to execute the technique. Very enjoyable and fulfilling to watch and coach. That said, when he plays in games where the competition competition may be a little more advanced or kids are a little bigger, he completely shuts down and avoids any competitive situations on the ice to the point where he'll skate to the opposite side of the action. As the kids are getting older, his teammates on the bench are starting to notice it and chirp him uh, to compete. It's really tough to watch as I know he's dealing with major anxiety about it and I haven't been able to help him or not know how uh, to, and it breaks my heart for him. He's mildly autistic, which is my first gut reaction. But when the competition is of equal size or smallest stature, I guess, he competes hard just like the rest of the squad and is a solid little player. Any advice on how to help him break through this mental anxiety, his fears, or playing at a higher level or against kids, maybe a little taller? Love the podcast and the message messages you guys are pushing keep up the great work thanks mike thanks for uh writing in mike um did he say how a second might season i mean these 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 guys and it's similar to the question that that we had earlier i mean they're they're still young kids he's you know it's gonna it's gonna take time for them to figure out i would again you know look at the is the competition, you know, is he playing at the right level? Is he maybe playing a little bit over his head? And, and you know, that's why he's kind of shying away or going to the other side of the ice and things like that. But I'd stay patient with it. He's still, you know, he's still a young kid and, and it'll all, it'll all, you know, if it's meant to be, you know, trust the process a little bit and, and he'll be fine. But again, if it, if it's too much for him, uh, again, I suggested earlier kind of some private lessons, some one-on-one type of coaching, uh, maybe some, you know, skills camps where where he might be getting, you know, a little bit more individualized attention and, and that might help his confidence. Cause I think at the end of the day, a lot of it is it just comes down to to confidence. But you know, and again, is he playing at the right level? Is he is he playing over his skis a little bit and that's what's causing him to kind of shut down? Um, maybe that's the case. And you you move him down a level so he can be the one that kind of dominates and things like that. Yeah, I think he hit it on the head with the confidence thing. It just seems like he loves the game, wants to work at it. Um, you know, practice is practice, and he's doing what he can to execute the technique and listens to the details. And um, I don't know. I, that confidence thing is real, though. I mean, it, I mean, it's like a natural thing. If you see a bigger kid or someone who can skate a little bit better, you might go the other way where – some players want to challenge themselves and go against a bigger player or a faster player or a better player. And that could come around, but, you know, just to kind of, you know, ease them into it, you know, that, that level that he's playing at might be one of them and um, just continue to be positive with them and just, you know, kind of coach them up as a parent and as a coach to, 
you know, take that risk of engaging and not, not with a, you know, a negative tone, but staying positive with them and being able to just, you'll start seeing, and this is my opinion, but you'll start seeing some small wins, small, you know, uh, engagement, even when, you know, the, the player gets a little more, uh, you know, faster for them or like some good players. So that's, that's something that you might want to kind of think about, you know, just, uh, that approach. Yeah. And when you're watching games, obviously he loves it. So just watch, you know, you, the playoff games are going on right now. Like, you know, kind of talk about how those battles and, and, you know, you get a win bad board battles and engage and, and, you know, be a little bit physical and not be afraid to, to take a hit or a bump here and there like that. That's part of hockey. So yeah, um, and, and you know, the more so, you're watching it. Yeah. Some of the smaller players that you can, maybe highlight you know like a johnny goudreau he's like 160 pounds you know right. he's, he's an elite player obviously with what he does how he processes the game and his skill set but he's going in the corner with these big monsters and he's coming out fine so and winning pucks and you know so maybe you can just highlight some of that stuff yeah absolutely absolutely well thanks for the question mike uh we got another one here is it acceptable that coaches call players over to the bench during an injury to take a knee what do you think, Coach? Except that coaches call players over to the bench during an injury. To t- I mean, because no, I, I, I think you just bring them in, yeah, and you can you can talk to the players. It's like a timeout. You hope the kid isn't hurt, but hurt. I mean, like when. So I don't really get it. Like, just go to the bench and take a knee because, like, a lot of kids just take a knee out in the ice. No, I, I think what he's trying to say. And this is my mind. Like, you know how when in I've seen this happen in hockey before. Like, you know how in, in like little kids soccer, somebody gets hurt and like everybody just kind of like drops to a knee right there and just like like freezes almost. Yeah. No, but uh, and then so he said but so, so yeah, so that's what he's taking. saying. Right. So it's like I think it's one hundred percent. So if you're a, a a hockey coach, if there's somebody hurt on the ice, especially if it's like you know, little Johnny, like torn motivator cough, like fake mm. injury. Mm. You call you guys over to the bench. I wouldn't have them take a knee. I'd like huddle them up. And now right. it's like, hey, use guys, hey, on the face off here, we want to be doing this, this and this. Like, like you just said, you use it as a timeout. Uh, you and I are on the same page with that uh, 100%. It's like, well, it's no disrespect to the fallen player. I mean, I, I don't know where this knee thing came into play, but <laughs> just, I mean, it's it's not like, a respect thing. I don't even know what it is, but yeah, I don't know where it came from. Yeah, so you just you go over. And I think that I think that's it, it came from like soccer or something. I don't. I'm all set with it. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. Like I think it's yeah, just just no, yeah. you know, it's like <laughs> just bring the kids over to the bench. Yeah, whiteboard it up, whiteboard, coach them up a little bit, and then when when little Johnny's up back out there for the next shift, you're like, oh, he wasn't that injured, I guess, huh? Yeah, and the other thing is, if if it is a severe injury, obviously you 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 care. You know, it's like not right. You're not trying to. We're not trying to say we're that callous, but it's um, yeah, it's a, it's a usually you know, kids go down and you know, the coach comes out and then he's back out there the next shift. Yeah, nine times out of ten. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I would. Uh, 
I would utilize it as a timeout. I don't know where the knee thing came from. I, I couldn't agree with you more. When I see my kids do that, I'm like, get over here. <laughs> like, get over here. And then you like try to set up a face off play or whatever it may be. But yeah. uh, well, that puts a bow tie on the uh, on the mailbag with the uh, with the knee question. Um, this mailbag episode was brought to you by Franklin Street Hockey, the official ball and street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Stock up on NHL fan gear for the playoffs. Head to franklinsports.com to shop your favorite team. Yeah, they do a great job getting uh, all their gear. Uh, you check out the website. It's it's a great website to, to kind of like get through. They have a lot of uh, quality sporting equipment that um, that can be used in multiple sports. Yeah, everything. It's that time of year. I mean, get the beach toys ready to go. Get the pickleball going, and it can all be found on franklinsports.com. Um, once again, thank you to Franklin for uh, for taking care of the guys and you know getting us all set up for the in season, off season, playoff, NHL gear. It's it's good stuff. Uh, Mots, I, I want to talk to you quick. Um, in late February 2022, Connor Olson, who we've met with and talked to, we we hung with him at the uh, national championship game. But uh, he's 14 years old. He's a kid from Dorchester. He used to play goalie for me. Um, the son of Phil and Deb Olson was diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma is currently undergoing treatment. Shockingly, a few weeks later, uh, the Olson family was dealt another blow when mom Deb was diagnosed with breast cancer, uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, they're having a, a, a nice um, charity event, you know, the Connor crushes, cut, crushes cancer event on uh, June 9th uh, at Florian Hall. If anybody's interested in making a donation or sponsoring the event, putting together gift baskets, if you're a pro player and want to donate a sticker or a jersey or anything like that, or, you know, a family member that, that you know, might be interested, uh, reach out to my buddy Timmy Rogers at uh, T-R-O-G-4-2-7-8-0 at gmail.com. Uh, Again, that's T-R-O-G-4-2-7-8-0 at gmail.com. You can also purchase tickets at uh, connorcrushescancer.eventbrite.com. Uh, it'll be a fun event. I know I'll be down there myself and Joanna and, you know, a bunch of people from the neighborhood. It should be a lot of fun. And, you know, those guys, they're definitely uh, dealt a tough hand, but they're, you know, they're, they're both Deb and Connor handling it with a big smile on the on their faces. I, I know Connor was able to get to a couple of uh, – Bruins playoff games and, you know, huge smile, just a great, great kid, great family. And they're, uh, they're handling this fight against, you know, cancer with, um, with a lot of pride and passion and, and, you know, neighborhood and the hockey community has been great rallying behind them. That's great. Yeah. It was awesome uh, hanging with them at the national championship game. What a great kid, great uh, outlook. And um, yeah, if anyone uh, can, Find, what do you think, uh, Mach? You got an old Gatorade store or some, stir or something you can uh, donate? Yeah, I mean Gatorade store for I mean, right to the street hockey, uh, <laughs> right to the driveway. Exactly, <laughs> it'll be signed. Hey, use this for street hockey. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah no. Well, maybe you can. You, maybe you can bless us with your appearance down there on on June 9th, Mach. What do you think? Would love to. Yep. Yeah, we can. Uh, we can take it in. I think it's a Thursday night. I know. Uh, I happen to be off that night, so we'll have uh, we'll have a few cocktails and you know for a really good cause. Have a time during the time. Exactly, exactly. Uh, also coming up, we uh, we we put some stuff out on social media about a street hockey festival. Um, 
we're uh, we're in the works on doing that type of stuff. It's going to be for youth hockey kids, mite squirts, peewees, bantams. Uh, all the information is going to be on the rinkshrinks.com. Uh, get some team bonding in before the season starts. This event's going to uh, take place at the beginning of August. I think August 6th and 7th is the weekend that we're looking at. Um, games will be four on four. It's going to be a, a true street hockey event. Everybody's on foot, uh, no rollerblades ton of cool events that are going to go on during during the day um you know whatever dunk tanks face painting mots, i'd like to get you in the dunk, dunk mots mots mowing the lawn lessons uh <laughs> get a couple but, cub cub cadets out there ex- yeah exactly mm-hmm. people were like concerned about that with you why i don't know they, they, I, I guess they just pictured you as a as a forest gump track tractor guy no so my tractor needs some tlc oh it's just not turning over. Um, and then well, my, may, my hey, po- if there's any mechanics out there that listen, <laughs> give Mots a call. My uh, and my push kind of it, it. It had a nice run. I bought out of a box from Lowe's like 15 years ago. Oh, so you took you took care of that baby? Yeah, and I I hit a bunch of rocks where they had to like bend the uh, blade back. It just wasn't. It was time. Yeah, and uh, but so this, you this upgraded. Sweet, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really nice. But yeah, um, we all saw your Mots's moment with the lawnmower. It's fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the grass is looking great. Everyone's grass is like you know just popping. It's nice and green. It looks looks great. So uh, hopefully it stays that way through you know throughout the summer. Yeah. Well, again, the street hockey event uh, <laughs> it's going to take place August sixth and seventh. Uh, the registration will be open May twenty third. Uh, don't miss out. We're going to do an early bird registration fee. We're limiting, um, each age group. So there's going to be like a more or less like an A and a B division at the might level, A and a B division at the squirt, Pee-wee's Bantams. Um, so get your team They're four on four. So you can have teams of, you know, whatever you can handle six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 guys. But like I said, I'm going to use it as a, as a little bonding moment for my teams and, and get the kids together and have some fun before the season. Parents uh, will get the red solo cups of the Yetis going and, and have a good time and watch some, uh, some fun hockey. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. You know, we'll get everything. It'll uh, be co-ed too. Co-ed event. Yep. Yeah. It'll be a, a nice festival, street hockey festival that we, uh, you know, can't wait to kind of just, share all the uh details of it once we nail everything down but that's the uh kind of the gist of it and that registration again will open on may 23rd yeah all that stuff's going to be obviously on our social media channels and uh the registration will take place the rinkshrinks.com uh good episode mots you want to tell everybody where uh where you're heading tomorrow and maybe uh, where your next mots's moment may <laughs> come from yeah i'm uh, gonna be you know, catching a Celtics game down in Miami. Wow. Uh, huh? Going down with our boy Andy Erickson and uh, Joe Rettman, who uh, we do work with at NEI. Um, and we're going to slide in and play a little golf during the day. So, oh, the little Mott's moment will be, uh, I think, definitely necessary from both spots. So, again, I'll probably do two times in a day and not do it for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Get it in early. Yeah. Get it good. in early. Because <laughs> we don't want a Mott's moment after the fourth quarter, that's for sure. No, not a chance. Not a chance. Uh, I'm going to wear my Larry Bird shirt. Are you? Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like it. it. I bought uh, 
so so Joanna was number thirty three at uh, at Farm Pond when she played in high school. So I bought her. Uh, I w- and I was number thirty three in college. That that wasn't like by design. That's cute. But I bought her a, a short a shirt for her birthday or Mother's Day or something, and it said Farm Pond Ducks on it, and then uh, the real thirty three on the back. So if you need to borrow that, that'd be nice. Yeah. 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 And then she actually, when we were watching the Celtics game last night, she was telling the kids how she scored like six points in five seconds. And, you know, she was like 12 years old. So the kids, it, it was a good laughing moment. She called, they, the kids called their mom and fact checked it. And <laughs> <laughs> like, did my mother really score six points in five seconds? And then I'm thinking about, I'm like, well, did you just hit two threes? You know what I mean? Like, that's not crazy. Yeah. But no, it was, the, then the kids were saying, oh, it didn't even, uh, was that before there was a three-point line? <laughs> so no shot clock, no shot clock. Yo, I mean, you didn't need one with five seconds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so shout out to uh, the real thirty-three, I guess. But I'd like—I'm looking forward to seeing you with the jersey on. You're yeah. gonna be like floor seats or what? I don't know. I, I'm just—I'm going along. You're for just the ride. along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. You're still along for the ride. Just a, a plus fun, one. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Well, enjoy. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the the, the answers. I know we're uh, we're not always perfect, but once again, thanks for listening. And uh, time to cue the ring shrinks shuffle, Jersey. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.